Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I'm so glad today that we can speak about a wonderful subject. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in the world, if you're rich or poor or where you are living or what is going on in your life, if you are going through a valley or maybe standing on the mountaintop of victory, there is something given to us and it's for all of us. It's the most powerful thing that has been given to us. It's the most uh, greatest honor and the highest privilege that we have received. We have received the power to pray, all that we can pray. Oh, hallelujah, my dear friends. I'm so thankful that God allows us to pray to him, to talk to him, to speak to him on a one-on-one basis. Can you believe this? If I were try to speak to the king of the Netherlands, I think I would have a hard time trying to reach him. And I, I question if I would even be able to come near to him or to talk to him personally. And maybe it would be a very short moment. But with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, my maker, I can speak to him every day, all day long. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, he said to us, he said, well, up to now, you were not able to pray directly to the Father. But from now on, oh, that was the change between the old and the new covenant. In the old covenant, once a year, the high priest could come into the Holy of Holies to do the necessary things there, be there in that most holy presence of God. But we, you and me, who are a born-again believer, a child of God, we can come into the throne room of God every day. Whenever we want, we can be there and we can spend time with him. And that's a wonderful privilege. That is a the highest honor, but it's also such a, a powerful thing because we receive power when we spend time in the presence of God. And it's also for healing, healing for our body, healing for our soul, our spirit. Every part of us is being revived and refreshed when we spend time in the throne room with our heavenly father. And so we don't need a earthly high priest anymore. We have Jesus Christ, our heavenly high priest, who always lives, and through him, we can come to the Father directly, and we can pray. And I want to pray right now. And it's so wonderful that I can say, I'm going to go to the throne room of God right now. And the moment that I speak these words, I am there. I am there. Oh, I know God is always with us. But especially when we say, oh, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, I know that right now, even though my body is here on this earth, in the spirit, I have been transported and I'm standing before the holy throne, before you, the holy one, the maker of the universe, the maker of the heavens and the earth, the maker of Oh, you are the creator of all things, and you give all things life, and you have given me life. Oh, you have given me eternal life, and I praise you that I'm not standing here as a beggar, but I'm standing here as your child. I'm standing here as your son. I'm also standing here 
as your servant, and I'm praying for my listeners right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, I know that your ears are open right now. I know that you are willing and wanting to do something for them. You want to bless them. You want to encourage them. You want to heal them. You want to touch them from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. I thank you that you want to touch them in soul, body, and spirit. And I ask you right now, do a miracle for them. Oh, touch them with a miracle, a divine miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you. It's because of your love and it's because of your grace. It's because of the accomplished work of your son on Calvary that I can stand before you right now. I thank you for this privilege, this honor, but also the power that I receive right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, how wonderful, my friends. And it's good to pray. And we should pray daily. And we should pray continuously. So many times people, they come to me and they say, John, how long must I pray? Two hours a day? Three hours a day? What, what, what is mandatory? What is asked of me? And so they forget that it's not just about uh, fulfilling something that we must do that is obligated, but I'm so thankful that it's time spent from our heart to his heart, his heart to our heart, and they forget it's about the heart. It's about fellowship, intimate fellowship. If I would ask my wife, well, uh, how many hours do you want me to spend with you that I do the obligation of our marriage, of our relationship to have a good marriage? I don't think that is the basis of a good marriage when you feel obligated to spend a certain amount of time with somebody. You, you have that when you need to spend time with someone you don't want to spend time with. Then you feel obligated. And then every minute seems like a half hour or longer. But when you love someone and you're in the presence of that person, all oh, time just flies. Time just goes away and you don't know where the time went. I remember one time I was out on a date and this girl said, well, this is long, long ago. And the girl said, well, you only want to talk, don't you? Well, I was so afraid to have that awkward silence, you know, the awkward silence. So I was just continuously talking, 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 talking. <laughs> it was not a success, I can tell you. And this is the same with prayer. If we're just talking, 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 because we are afraid to have some kind of an awkward silence. Oh, my friend, the time that I have with my wife, those wonderful moments that we are just together, walking together, holding each other's hand. Oh, there is love there, and there's such a joy in that fellowship and in that presence, and how much more it is with our Heavenly Father that we are just with Him, putting our head on the bosom of Jesus, just laying there, resting there, receiving there, being in that calm rest and peace. It is wonderful, my friend. And so don't be afraid that you will have a awkward silence in your prayer time, that you're just talking, 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 and you're missing the best spending time with him in his presence. It is wonderful. It is magnifique, as we say. Well, 
there is some kind of a format to prayer. And I don't want to make it a format and a ritual, but there are some key points that we can have or that we can adapt into our prayer life to have a powerful prayer life. Now, I'm not giving you these points as this is the way to do it, and if you don't do it this way, then you're not praying right. I'm not saying it in that way at all. But there are some key elements that we learn in the Word of God that help us to have a successful prayer life. And the first point, of course, as always, is to come with thanksgiving. It is so important that when we start to pray, and you need some discipline here. (laughs) I know, well, of course, when you are falling down the balcony, you don't have to start with thanksgiving. Then you can cry out, help, help. (laughs) And of course, you know, there are those moments when Peter was sinking through the water. He shouted, help me. And the Lord was there immediately. And that's the time you don't have to have a ritual of thanksgiving. That's why I say, don't make this a format, a ritual. It must be the heart. It must be the heart. But to start with thanksgiving is an important thing in prayer. And you need some discipline there that you don't always run into the Holy of Holies and you you, you lay down all your burdens and all your cares and all your sorrows. And then you just at the end say, well, I thank you. You're going to answer me and all these things and walk out again. But to come in in thanksgiving and As I say again, you need some discipline there, some patience to hold back your tears sometimes or your your pain or your troubles or your sorrows and to start out saying, Lord, before I say anything at all, I just want to say you are good. You are good. You are always good. You are worthy to be praised. Oh, God, I just want to thank you for my life today, even though I'm sitting in the pit even though clouds have overshadowed me, even though I have so many things going on in my life that are spinning out of control and I don't know what to do anymore. Yet today, first, I want to acknowledge that you are wonderful, that you have never left me, that you have always answered me when I called out to you. You have always protected me. Even now, today, you brought me to this point, Lord, and I want to thank you for it. It says in Psalms 100, verse 4 and 5, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. It doesn't say, well, this might be a good idea. It says this is the way to do it. When you come into the courts of the Lord, enter with thanksgiving and with praise. In another translation, and I like that, it says when you enter into the gates, you must be thankful. Of course, thanksgiving means you are thankful, but some, they can just utter the words of thanksgiving, but in their heart, they are so resistant and they're not thankful at all. But let us be thankful and express that thankfulness in thanksgiving. It says, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Oh, what a wonderful scripture we have here today. So begin with thanksgiving. Then secondly, I think this is a a powerful point here when you pray. Pray and declare God's word. It's not only praying, I believe, I believe, Lord, you would do this. I believe you would say this. I believe. It's not just what I believe out of my own 
imagination or thinking or upbringing or how society has brought it. No, it is what does the word of God declare? And I want to make myself one with that word and declare that word in my prayer life before the throne of God. I want to declare this word and I want to declare it in faith and in thankfulness. It says in Isaiah 55 verse 11, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I think this is powerful. I think this is mighty. It says the word that has gone out of my mouth, I believe the Bible, the Word of God, is the Word that came out of the lips of our Heavenly Father, written down through men and women through history, but it is the Word of God, the Word that is spoken through the lips of the prophet Isaiah, originated in the mouth of our Heavenly Father. So it's not Isaiah, his imagination, his his thinking or his mind that, that brought up these words. It came through divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so God himself has said, this is what I believe that the word says and that the word says how I must believe it and accept his word, the written word. It says, my word will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire. It will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I believe it, all those Hundreds of prophecies, prophecies about deliverance, about forgiveness, about healing, about a prosperous life, about success, about his blessing over me and the generations that come after me. I proclaim that word when I am there in the Holy of Holies before my Heavenly Father. Now, some people, they want to claim it and they want to bend God's arm and say, God, you said this, so you must do this. Oh, I don't come like that at all. No, it's all by grace. It's all because of his love. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve nothing. But yet, because of the accomplished work of Christ, every promise in his word became yes and amen for me. So when I'm standing there, I bring that word in thanksgiving, and I say, Lord, You said in your word, and I believe it, and I thank you for it, that even though I don't see how that word could be realized right now, I believe you are mighty and able to do it, because once you have spoken it, oh, it will be fulfilled to the last dot. Oh, I believe it. Number three, when you pray and declare God's word, when you come in thanksgiving, you must believe that you will receive. Number three is you must believe that you will receive. You might say, but yes, John, of course I believe. Why would I pray if I don't believe? Oh, my dear friend, you should know how many people pray and don't believe what they're praying. They're just praying because they're religious. They're praying because, well, that's the thing to do. But when we pray, there must be genuine faith in the heart. It says in Mark 11, verse 22, To 25, it says, Jesus answered, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go and throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, 
it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. I wanted to add that little part to it. I could have left that last part about that you must forgive, else the Lord could not forgive you. I wanted to add that to show you it's not just the faith that you can muster up, again, like some kind of a ritual or or format. It has to do with the heart, the heart. So when you pray, you must pray with a heart of faith, not the faith that you generated, but the faith that he poured out into your life, into your heart, into your mind. Faith comes from God. We have all received a measure of faith, and that faith must be tested so that it will grow and mature. But it's not our faith. It is the faith that he gave. How will I receive that faith, John? Well, you will receive it when you hear the word of God. When you read the word of God, then your faith will grow. When you're going through circumstances and you don't know how to keep standing, but yet you hold on because you know he is holding on to you. That's when your faith starts to rise up. And when you pray, or if you're praying and you say, but John, I just can't believe, I just can't believe I'm so weak. Then like that man in the Bible who came to Jesus, say, Lord, help me in my unbelief. Lord, I know the faith is not there right now that I should have, but Lord, help me. And first of all, I know before you give me the miracle, you're going to give me the faith to hold on, and the faith to believe in that miracle, and the faith to proclaim your word and not doubt. Lord, I come against all those thoughts that bring doubt in the minds of your children, that you will cast them out in Jesus' name, and that you will give them the faith that they need to pray and proclaim your word and to receive in Jesus' name. Well, finally, when we close our prayer, I don't know how you close your prayer, but I always close my prayer saying, in the name of Jesus. Well, I know for some that can be a ritual too. Some, they might as well tape their prayer and just repeat, 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 because it's just some kind of automatic thing. But for me, when I pray and I finish my prayer, and even throughout the prayer, I say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I know it's only because of that name. It's only because of Jesus. And I can rest in the accomplished work of Christ. Once I've declared, once I've prayed, once I gave thanksgiving, I leave it with the Father and I say, in Jesus' name, now it's done for for me. I've done all I could do. I just just rest now in the Lord because I know in his name it shall be done. It says in Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at that name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Oh, my dear friend, I'm so thankful that that name, that name, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Yes, in every spiritual realm, (laughs) whatever might be against you today, 
God is greater. Jesus is greater. The victory of Jesus is greater. His victory is for you. Be it forgiveness, it doesn't matter. Even if you feel that you are the greatest sinner that ever walked the face of this earth, the blood of Jesus is greater. And in one instant, he can wash away a whole life's worth of terrible sin. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. By his stripes, you are healed, whatever the disease might be, be it spiritually, mentally, physically, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And in him, we have received everything that we need. All provision is there for every lack in your life. It's in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you today for this wonderful session about prayer. Oh, Lord, there's so much to talk about and to study about when we talk about prayer, that wonderful subject. But, Lord, it's about the heart. It's about intimacy with you. And today we are intimate with you because of what your Son has accomplished for us. I'm so thankful that I may come to you directly, and not just me, but everyone that hears today. We can come in the name of Jesus, and you will hear us, and you will answer us. I thank you for this privilege, this honor, and this grace. In Jesus' name, bless the listeners. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 